Hi there, I'm Justin Reed. I'm the CEO of Troilus Gold. We are a $120 million developer uh, building and moving forward the Troilus Gold Mine in Northern Quebec, 8.1 million ounce resource and growing, uh, large institutional shareholders and a great balance sheet. Uh, good to see you again, Justin, um, and, and good to catch up, uh, and, and particularly uh, timely. Uh, we are getting a lot of inbounds from CEOs, um, a little bit nervous about how to present information in the marketplace. Um, they're seeing the economic studies crumble before their eyes, inflationary pressure, and um, one today gone from 80% IRR down to 23 overnight because of, uh, I think it was a $150 million increase in their capex. Pretty scary times to be doing business, Justin. It's the world we live in, right? It's a high-risk game. Um, mining is, but it's a necessary. So what you have to do is make better projects and you have to put contingencies in place and you have to make sure you do your work right. You do so have you to do your work right. Well, yeah, yeah but, but so you do have to do your work right because you, you can't disappoint the market by uh, coming out with a di very different set of results. As the company this morning I was talking to found out um, much to their shareholders' dismay. But look, I want to talk to you about, okay, some of the news that's come out recently. We, we, I guess let's, let's kick off with the first bit of news. But where I want to go with this conversation, where I think, you know, your shareholders and investors alike who've been sort of sitting sidelines waiting to see what's going to happen, want to go is about how do you handle and navigate a market like this? But why don't we kick off with the Celtus Sayona? Uh, uh, mining. Um, why did you do it? Uh, capital, obviously, but it was it was an absolute. It was the single most accretive deal that we could have done for any of our shareholders. Full stop. You know, over the last four and a half years, we have acquired um, about a fourteen hundred square kilometer land position. As we added more ounces at Troilus and we built out the model, we understood how underexplored the belt was, and we built out this portfolio, and that's what it was. Over the last four years, we have probably spent about 25 to $30 million on regional exploration, including $7 million this year. Uh, all of the targets that I've been talking about to our shareholders and to the market over the last three years, we have retained. So basically what we've done is the first pass on this big land position, we've identified the key gold and copper properties that we want to keep, which include Testard and Palador and Cressidia. Um, and 400 square kilometers to boot, which is a huge, huge ground package on the main trend. Um, and then the other ground was essentially, uh, non-core, still perspective, but non-core. And we couldn't afford, uh, for one thing, to spend 10 to $12 million a year on regional exploration, having a portfolio the size of most majors. For the last 10 months, uh, we've been working very closely with Sayona Lithium a $3 billion Australian developer or a producer in a hundred days. Um, at the end of our road or, or the beginning of theirs is their Moblin deposit, which is a spectacular spodumene, um, intrusive, bearing intrusive that uh, they're aggressively advancing and they needed additional ground. They saw opportunity for ex exploration, which wasn't core to us. You know, we cut a $50 million deal. And so uh, it was two parts. It was a private placement, which collectively was done at about a 35% premium to market. They're now our largest shareholder at 9.3%, uh, the same size as their partners in Vestmont, Quebec, by the way. Um, and then we sold the ground for $40 million in Sayona stock. Um, 
just so everybody knows, Sailna trades about $90 million a day on the ASX. So it is liquid. It is like stock. We are not sellers today. Certainly we're huge supporters of them, but it provides that liquidity should we need it moving forward. And, um, you know, now we have a balance sheet that's $65 million off of a $110, $120 million market cap company. Um, we are in unbelievable shape for the next three years. You are, you are. I get it. Sixty-five million bucks that gives you optionality. But I want to, I want to talk about the kind of the, the trade-offs in terms of the decision making because it's you're kind of it's kind of like politics, right? Some people are going to like what you did, and some people are going are not going to like what you did. But what they do need to do is understand the rationale behind it. So yours was a case of well, we didn't pay much for it in the first place. We picked up a, a bunch of um, cash now that gives us an opportunity to move the rest of the project along, and we've retained, you know, a big, big chunk of this land package to boot. So, as far as you're concerned, that was the best possible decision, non-dilutory, etc. Is that what you're going with? We we've had we've had very limited criticism of this deal in this market. It costs. We're not revenue generators. We're revenue. You know, we're capital spenders right now. And from from our perspective, to bring to sell non-core assets that we were not going to work on, um, and bring capital in so that our shareholders do not have to be diluted. We're not a major company. We are focusing on the development of the Troilus operation. We have some great exploration peripheral to it, which we will continue with, but. Our biggest shareholders, our top 20, do not want to hear that I'm spending 10 to $12 million flying airborne surveys a thousand kilometers away from our mine. And so from that standpoint, it was about allocation of capital and prudent use of capital. Right. Okay. And I have a very strong feeling that if we want to get that ground back at certain times, we'll be able to go get it. We're working very closely with Sayona. Fine. So I want to talk about the other levers available to you. Though, because as I said at the outset, these are choppy, choppy, choppy markets. Um, sentiment is everything at the moment, and you've got to manage the way that you you kind of you know navigate and tell that narrative. Um, because most companies are saying the same thing and getting the same outcome, their shares are being knocked hot and heavy. I, I get that gold is is down, um, it's a downward pressure there, and costs are rising through inflation, so upward pressure there, and everyone's being squeezed. So how do you take a low-grade project like yours and move this thing forward in a way which is going to be economic for you going forward? What are the levers available? Ultimately, when you look at low-grade deposits that are built, being the optimum phrase there, uh, they're ATMs. Once that capital is sunk, you know, a one gram, a 0.7 gram ore body bought in tenant Newmont for the last 25 years at 0.5 is an unbelievable source of cash. Malartic detour. We've talked about those before. So the focus and the most important thing is getting built and not blowing up your cap structure and not blowing up the economics of the deposit. And how do you do that? We're in an inflationary environment right now. You know, the $350 million CapEx of two years is 650 today. And that's well known. And we've seen a thousand examples of that. So it's great. And Troilus, even before our new discoveries, which I'll, you know, I'll kind of lay out for you here. Um, we already had 
three to four to five years at circa a gram, higher grade than, than the cutoff grade material, obviously, into the mine plant. So you expedite your payback, right? You put the best ore through early, you pay back your capital. But as inflation runs away with you, that has to get better and better and better. So over the last, and the decision we made to go straight to the feasibility study was predicated on the discovery um, or identification of two brand new zones, X22 and the connector zone. And these are both right at the main deposits. They are at surface, so readily accessible and significantly higher grade. You know, at uh, the connector zone, I won't go through, all, they're all in the press releases, but we had 46 meters of 4.4%. We had, uh, we had 101 meters of 1.3 grams. We had, and you can go read the 22 meters of three. And this X22 zone is right off of the main deposit. The road between the two pits actually goes, it comes to surface. And we've drilled it off over a 300 meter strike length. We are now extending it over a kilometer. So the impact is very simple. First two or three years, you put 1.2, 1.3, 1.5 or higher through the mill rather than one. That's 50% more revenue. If you think of it that way, it's shallow, easily accessible. There's not a lot of stripping. That means development to get there is lower. And all the work we were doing on the pre-feasibility was good. I would, the way I described it to our major shareholders, I talked to them all, was, you know, we're right down the middle of the fairway, just like everybody else is right now. But this is going to take a good deposit to make it great and hopefully deflate that inflation or at least accommodate for it. So yeah, we're really excited. The impact is going to be huge. The balance sheet is strong. Um, every, everything is lined up for us. Troilus right now today is in better shape than we've ever been in. Right. So, so I want to be clear. So have you chosen to put out the feasibility study or not? We, we're going, we were moving right from the pre-feasibility. We're not, we didn't put it out. We were finishing it. Uh, we're working on, you know, putting some of the final pieces together and wait for some of the final engineering. And then we quickly realized and modeled the impact of what these two zones could be. Right. And so, but, but why can't you just say, I need to include those two zones in the, in the PFS? You know, some people looking at this going, well, hang on a sec. There must be some. Well, that, yeah, that, fair question. But that's timeline, right? So we need to drill th these out for 30,000 meters. That's four to five months of additional work and five, probably $5 million more of money. So we can do that and we can put our pre-feasibility out at the middle of next year. And that's just pushed everything out a year. What we, and the pre-feasibility work today is incorrect because it doesn't include these zones. So we already know our metallurgical, our geotech and our tailings work is done at a feasibility level. So. Let's just go straight to feasibility. Let's save three months on our ultimate timeline. We're not, we're, this is accretive to time. Um, when you think about ultimate production and, uh, let's save five to six million dollars and really include these high grade discoveries, which are going to add ounces. Troilus doesn't need more ounces. 
our new resource when it comes out will be a lot more ounces. Well, that, we need better that's my point ounces. Here. You, really? don't, you don't need more. What are you saying? Eight point one, maybe moving towards ten. It's like you don't need more ounces. You need higher grade ounces. But sorry, I need to stick with this. PFS higher higher grade ounces. They're early. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, that that's kind of is the point. The where I want to go is like just I want to finish this off and kind of put it to bed and go right. We don't need to talk about that again. And so the PFS. There's nothing being covered up here. It's just a case of. We'll take the stuff we've done on the PFS, we'll put it straight into the feasibility study, and we will obviously now include these two zones in the feasibility study of higher grade, and that gets us perhaps over this this hurdle that some companies are struggling with at the moment, which is marginal projects you know, are being hit hard by this kind of upward and downward pressure that I mentioned earlier. You're saying nothing to hide, it's just like, let's save 5 million bucks and get there quicker. That That's all there is to it. Yeah, and let's not put out something that's wrong. The, if you put out something that doesn't include this high-grade work that we're on, we're drilling right now, it's wrong. It's irrelevant. Well, so it's not you- wrong. It, it just it doesn't suit you because the, 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 the margins just got squeezed by lower gold, gold price and higher, higher costs. You, you know, your, your project would have looked a certain way without these and it's going to look better with these so i can understand that so i don't think it's, wrong. it's, it's going to look a lot better yeah it'll look a lot, a lot better okay so let, let's talk about some of these other i mean so will you i'm assuming you will also continue to, to to go with regional exploration or do you think now it's time to get honed in on this feasibility study just for the two zones and everything else is irrelevant uh we we are we are finishing up our regional drilling right now so we have we've drilled it to start. We've drilled the Palador, um, and all the drills are back at the Troilus mine site. Uh, we'll be drilling through December nineteenth. That's when the camp shuts down for Christmas, and we'll we'll uh, fire back up on uh, January tenth with three to four drills. On what? On where? X twenty two and the connector. Okay, just right those at- two zones, right? Because you no, about you talk about saving it's five million bucks, right? I, I want to. I want to understand where else. What else are you doing to reduce costs and get honed in on just higher grade for this feasibility study? So, yeah, you, yeah the, the reasonable, reasonable work's all done. Everything's focused on very specific drilling. Um, remember, for the the resource which will come out later, um, five drills. 150,000 meters of drilling. Um, and a lot of it was infill. A lot of, you know, 75% was infill, 25 was expansion. And now this is going to be all expansion drilling. And we'll be drilling it off at spacing phase one to inferred, phase two to reserve. And that'll go into the feasibility study. And uh, that's in the back half of next year. Right. And, and what, again, come back to the levers available to you. What else do you think you need to do to stop? behaving like talking like and getting the outcomes of a lot of the companies who are you know seeing their shares crushed you've seen a spike you know i don't know what that is you know significant uplift in the last three weeks because of some of this change of attitude of yours change of strategy of yours have you got more in the the back pocket yeah we've got uh we're you know in the last in the last month and a half for troilus we've made two announcements on two incredibly significant high-grade zones. Highest grades ever drilled at Troilus, largest intersections, shallow, and we are spending so much time talking to our shareholders about them because everybody says this is what they were waiting for. 
And then this week, we said, oh, by the way, unlike everybody else who is waiting for the window of equity financings to open so they can all run through the window as fast as they can and dilute everybody down, we just had, we just put essentially non-dilutive financing, three years of runway in, in the bank for our team and for our shareholders. And we can pretty much weather any storm here and move forward aggressively and to plan. You know, you don't have to force anything through to get news to the market because you have to raise money. We we can deliver the project without a lot of stress. True, true. And it's, it, I guess people will be looking to you and saying, well, what do you do with 65 million bucks? I mean, how much does a feasibility study, will it cost you to get to the end of the feasibility study? Uh, probably about $15 million with drilling. Okay. Well, there's a lot of drilling, right? Drilling's expensive, $200 a meter. Right. But it, Plus, plus sampling, plus, plus, plus met work. So, yeah, uh, we are, we're in great shape and we have, we have a reserve that we won't blow. So, actually, well, actually it's a funny one I see. Someone asked the other day, you said, why do people talk about resource and reserve? It just talks the importance of a reserve just for those perhaps people coming in new to this. Ah, uh, I mean, you know, we, I put out, I think for a lot of our retail shareholders, if I put out an inferred versus a reserve, they don't really understand what that means. Exactly. Yeah. Um, an inferred is done to a certain spacing, to a certain level of certainty. For me to put a feasibility out, I need a reserve, which means that it has been drilled at an accepted spacing and the probability or the level of accuracy is significantly higher. So if I was to put out a million ounce inferred resource on call it 10,000 meters of drilling. I would need another 20 to 30,000 meters of drilling on top of that exact footprint to bring it to a level of certainty for the feasibility. And I think that's what a lot of people miss is like when you have a million ounces, you have a million ounces. No, you don't. You have a million ounces that I am going to drill for the next three years to get to a reserve readiness. So we have drilled between 250 and 275,000 meters of Troilus. We're going to drill another 30 to 40,000 here, and that's in four years. And ultimately, things we don't talk about, condemnation drilling. I have to drill everywhere we want to put a site, a waste pile, what have you, to make sure there's no gold there. I'm drilling for no gold to make sure I can put my foundations there. Um, I need to do geotech drilling which is I'm going to drill all around the pets at different angles and look at how the stability of the rock is so we can calculate the pit slopes. There is another 20%, 25% of drilling that isn't even discussed, and that's all additional costs. So there is a lot more to it than just drilling out a million ounces. You then have to define them and engineer them. And that's kind of a, you know, a, on a dollar value times three. So okay, so we, we've kind of had a slight indication from you as to what the higher grade stuff could could do. Some back of the envelope type stuff from you. It's going to be critical in an environment like we're seeing at the moment. Bit of M and A happening, obviously. Yamana Dell, yeah, been a lot of fun watching. Uh, a lot of fun watching that one, but also in terms of consolidation in where you operate. Okay, the province in which you are, you operate. I mean, it's going to 
affect some, the monorails is going to affect some companies in terms of their strategy and what they were hoping might might happen. And in terms of the optionality of, you know, or, or even competitive tension as to how, how things may operate there, you know, you've got, you know, how, how do we fill some of those mills which are underutilized? Whose balance sheets do we use? What picture are you trying to paint and for whom? No one wants to build a mine. You don't want to build a mine. What do you, what's the plan? I mean, we have, we have the team to build the mine and we have the resources to build the mine and we are building a mine until somebody says you're not, right? Okay. But what our job is to right now is to deliver to our shareholders bulletproof work, right? So that means that the geological, the engineering, um, the regulatory, the stakeholder is beyond reproach so that when we have to build a mine we don't have to go back and do things again and again and again and we see that happen a lot or if somebody wants to consolidate they can come in and they can say okay this work is really good i have a high level of confidence in it and i don't need to go back and redo it again and so for for us it's about doing it right the first time no matter what the outcome and that's our that's our focus, and that shows the professionalism of the team and the professionals that Troilus has as well. But you know, to your point, Goldfields losing Yamana, well, their shareholders love that uh, three hundred million dollar break fee. Goldfields came out and made a public comment right away that North America is still where they want to be. So there's less fish in the pond to look at. You need size and scale. The majors were all looking at the Goldfields deal with Yamana. And I would say, and I know that all the bankers in North America and all the corporate development teams here and in Australia and elsewhere have been focused on upending that deal, looking for an entrance. And the Ignico, Ignico guys did an unbelievable job timing the market perfectly to interrupt that deal. Um, but they're all done now. And I would say that everybody's back. And so now that the big deal has closed, I think you're going to see consolidation fast and furious because a bunch of things haven't changed. Look at Barrick's balance sheet. Barrick's balance sheet is the best it's been in 25 years. Um, ounces aren't getting replaced. And, um, and there's still a thirst for growth. And those who are in production today with the sunk costs um, at $1,700 gold are making unbelievable margins still. Even though inflation is squeezing it, they're still making money. And so in, in that standpoint, I think, I think you're going to still see a very active, jurisdictionally focused M&A market. Okay. I think it'll be slow through Christmas and then the game starts again. I agree with you. I agree with you entirely on that one, um, for sure. And that's why I've been kind of keen to understand, like some of the moves that you're making to try to say, look, we're doing things differently. We're doing things smarter. You know, we we will get to. I will be able to create something that is attractive. Um, so I want to you swap CEO hat and put your analyst hat on. Okay, sixty-five million in cash, hundred twenty million market cap with the answers that you've got with the change in strategy that you've made how discounted is the stock 
compared to where it needs to be. Well, in the last two days, we've changed it, that that narrative, right? Taking my Troilus hat off, um, if I am any, and forget about majors looking to grow now, if I'm any mid-tier company looking to increase inventory, but may, maybe my balance sheet is a little bit shaky and capital is incredibly hard to get, Troilus is the number one hostile takeover target right now on the street, for sure, right? Forget it. Forget about the, you know, eight to 10 million ounces of gold that we have and the high grade zones that we have in the 400 kilometers. Think about the 500 million in infrastructure that we have and have upgraded. Think about the balance sheets that's there. The kind of sum of the parts is a little bit ridiculous. I think it's a function of where the gold market is in general right now. And it's also a function of the low grade bulk tonnage capital intensity that Troilus and many like us are. So there has always been this, you don't need to own it now because it's going to take time or you don't need to own it now because Troilus is going to issue equity because they're going to need another $40 million to get to the finish line and long lead time items and everything else. We've eliminated, eliminated a lot of those risks, I think. Justin, good to catch up. Um well done to get the money in. Um, now, it's a case of... Uh, so, what's the timing on the feasibility? Sorry, I missed that. It'll be the middle of next year, second half of next year, and a resource well before that. But the resource will not include this new drilling. 